to Hanging in the Nest with your host, Josh DeHawk Alonzo and Max the Turkey Rubenstein. It's time for some Hawk and Turkey. It's Monday. We are going over a whole week of sports. Big, big things coming up as the NFL draft is fast approaching. A lot of injuries in baseball. A couple of retirements to speak about. But before all that, Turkey, what bird fact do you got for us today? I'm keeping it short and sweet, but we're talking about those lovely penguins. Interesting. Penguins, yep, the penguins can jump as high as six to nine feet in the air. Really? How crazy is that? It's most of the time they jump that high when they're getting out of water. But you, right. know, you see these athletes that jump out of the pool and jump onto land. That's what these penguins are doing. They're jumping way high right on land, six to nine feet in the air. Wow, that's impressive. Considering how they walk, I would say jumping six to nine feet, I guess, you know, as they're coming out of the water, that makes some sense. So, yeah, I mean, it's a weird animal. I got to tell you, weird bird. Yeah. Wow. All right. Good fact for us there. The News Corner. Today, let's get into some news. I mentioned retirements, Max. A couple of big name guys retired this past week or basically today as well. Alex Smith retires from the NFL. Jay Bruce retires from the MLB. And LaMarcus Aldridge retires from the NBA. Out of those, which one are you going to miss the most? Uh, I mean, I think Alex Smith, um, obviously is a great story. I truly think now that I, now I'm seeing all this and all the events that took place, I want to, I want to know if he retired or should I say if he came back last year, just to see if he can do it and then retire on his own terms. Yes. I was reading a little bit about, um, I guess he interviewed with Jacksonville to go back to his old coach and Urban Meyer, but there was concerns about his health. So I feel like it versus him maybe going back into a team, maybe as a backup, maybe, maybe not making a roster, at least in this point, uh, to your point, kind of just he did a good did a good run at the end of the last season and now it calls it quits. Yeah, and I mean, considering what he went through and the fact that, you know, they were saying, you know, he could, you know, this could have been a life threatening injury to right. losing his leg, to trying to figure out how to walk again, to now playing like he played football. Like, all those things, he did it. So I yep. think it's actually a great thing that he is retiring the way that he did. You know, his career was, you know, it is what, what it was, you know, mediocre. He was good. He had some bad moments. But, you know, that injury is going to definitely define who he was. For sure. The other retirements, hopefully LaMarcus Aldridge is healthy, has some kind of heart issue, like the regular heartbeat that's going on with him. The Jay Bruce one, I think, hurts me more because – as a Yankee fan, I think I'm just disappointed that we put this guy on the active roster. He's been terrible. Like, did we really have nobody else to back up first baseman Luke Voigt? That we had to go to Jay Bruce, who has done so bad that we had to bench him and that he retired. Like, is that what we've come to? The Yankees are terrible, and we'll talk about them in a minute. But yeah, very interesting retirement for Jay Bruce. Solid, solid career, of course, for him as well. Just 
Uh, sad to see people kind of go like that where they're just starting to get into the season. He got some playing time, but it just didn't work out, so he retired. I mean, it showed just he couldn't do it. I mean, he yeah. tried. He did what he could. But, I mean, I didn't watch a lot of the Yankee games. I don't know how his fielding was, but he was not hitting at all. So Fielding wasn't great either. So Yeah, so I, I just think, you know, you got to hang it up. He was okay with the Mets. Uh, towards the end of his Mets career, he got a lot worse. And I think it was just, you know, the beginning of the end. Yeah. So let's stick in baseball with some news. I mentioned the Yankees. They have their worst record since 1997 through the, like a 15-game stretch. They're 5-10. and 10. They have the second-worst record in baseball. It's killing me right now. They wow. look terrible. 5-10 and 10 is the second-worst record in baseball? Yeah, I think the Rockies have four wins. That's like the next. Not bad then. I mean, that, overall, that seems like a pretty good start for the baseball season. It's definitely competitive. I would say a lot of these injuries are playing a factor. I think so. There's been a ton of injuries. Um, another one that is not even officially DL, DL stint yet, but Acuna left yesterday with like a arm side, like a side issue going on. So he's getting like an MRI just to make sure. We it looks call- like that's possibly going to be day-to-day, but that's probably a 10-day stint on the IL there. It's definitely a possibility. And with it being a 10-day instead of a 15 a lot of teams are just doing it to, you know, give him some, some extra time. Lance Lynn is on the 10-day DL. He's missing yep. every one start. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, like, if anything's hurting, take the day, relax, and then come back when you're ready. Yeah. So How about Shane Bieber, by the way? Four straight games of 10-plus uh, Ks. It's the most since 1893 when they moved back the mound. Yeah, he is. How crazy is phenomenal. that? 48 Ks already to start in the four games. He's on a different level. I mean, you can't say there's, you know, you can't have a Cy Young conversation in the AL without including his name so far. Oh, absolutely. He looks fantastic. Yeah, he looks great. Um, Yeah, there's really nothing else to say. That's a tough team that he plays for in Cleveland. They're not what they used to be, and he just goes out there and pitches his heart out. Yeah. Any other uh, baseball news, Max? So the only thing I also wanted to bring up was just some moments and some stats to kind of bring up to it. Oakland right now is on the best streak in the MLB. They are eight eight games in a row they've won, and they are nine and one in their last ten. Brandon Nimmo of those New York Mets, a four seven batting average. Josh, is that sustainable? I don't think so, but you know, you never know. Maybe you never know. It would be pretty, pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, besides that, I just want to bring up other stats. Acuna, seven home runs. Entering today, J.D. Martinez, 18 RBIs. We talked about the K's leader. The ERA leaders. Are you surprised that it's Jacob DeGrom at a .45? I mean, I'm surprised it's .45. Am I surprised it's DeGrom? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Joe Musgrove is there at 0.47 and Corbin Burns at 0.49. Love yes. Corbin. I love Corbin Burns. He's on my fantasy team. He's also a big strikeout guy, seven, eight Ks, nine Ks a game. So. so that's all I had from the MLB. Just wanted to bring up some of those early stats of the year. All right. I'm going to hop into the NBA then, and then we'll head to the NHL. The New York Knicks are on a six-game win streak. Got to love that for our New York fans, including myself. The Kings upset the Mavericks last night to snap their nine-game losing streak. You were watching like I was last night. The Heat also beat the Nets on a buzzer beater. That was just an awesome game. And, and their 
And Steph Curry, 10 straight games with 30 or more points. Just insane. And I don't know, there was a game where they were playing the Celtics over the weekend. He basically, like, gets hit and kind of, like, sideways shoots the ball behind the arc and makes the three. He's just a freak out there. He's just fun to watch. Well, when, when you're hot, you're hot, and you can do things like that. You know, lucky, uh, when you're good, you're good. Yeah, he's just a different kind of talent. And it's interesting to see how that team's going to play out. As they're basically five, right around the 500 mark. Because of the whole play-in scenario, I feel like they'll have a chance at that 8, 9, 10 seed to get into the play-in. Not sure I'd want to see Steph Curry in a one-game playoff. It's just not not who I'd want to see, depending on who you are there. So, going to be interesting NBA se- the rest of the NBA season. What about in the NHL, Max? So, got a couple things to bring up. We all are happy to say that the Canucks finally played their first game since March 24th. With all those COVID issues and postponements, people were wondering if they just had to forfeit the rest of the season. They fought. They battled. They practiced for the first time this past Thursday. And they won a game, okay? Their first game, they beat the Maple Leafs 3-2, okay? So good for them to get back to playing. Patrick Marlowe of the Minnesota Wild, he had yesterday, I think it was yesterday or Saturday, he tied Gordie Howe for the most games played at 1767. <clears throat> if he plays tonight, which he should, he will break the record tonight. So good for Patrick wow. Marlowe. A very, very long career, but good job there. Excuse me. Um, as we have good, we have some bad. Colorado Avalanche, who are rolling right now, were actually put on hold for COVID. Their next three games were postponed, so they won't play until at least Thursday. Besides that, just some other things about the conferences as we are starting to get towards the end of the season. Rangers and Boston are fighting for that last spot in the East. Both of them have won four games in a row. The Boston Bruins are 7-2-1. The Rangers are 7-1-2. So they're literally neck and neck with each other. Boston has a four-point lead right now on the Rangers, so it's going to be very, very close. As a Ranger fan, I'm hoping they get in, but Boston has a very, very easy schedule the rest of the way. We have about 10 to 12 games left. It's going to be interesting for sure down the stretch. Max, have they said how are they going to handle some of these – like in the Canucks scenario, are they going to try to make up some of these games? How are they going to fit that stuff in after missing almost a month of time? They have been doing all those removing the games around and making sure it can all work. The Canucks one is dicey. I don't think they've ever had that many games postponed. Yeah, it's a so lot. It's going to be interesting to see how they figure out those games. Now, remember, because the NHL is doing their four divisions, that is a Canadian division. So it really only affects them because they the only the Canadian teams play each other. So right. I'll have to figure out how to do it, but the other three divisions, you know, so far are fine. And we'll just have to figure out, you know, you might be playing three games in a row, which mm. does not happen ever. But at this point, if they decide right. to make the game up, you're going to have to. All right. So that's all I got from the NHL. All right. Well, the last couple things to talk about is the NFL. Not a lot going on. We are very close, though, about 10 days away from the NFL draft. And next Monday, the Turkey and I will give a big, big draft preview as well. Haven't figured out the format just yet with with the taxi here, but the idea would be some kind of mock draft that we're going to do of the NFL draft. So we'll have some fun with that, and um, we're really looking forward to that. But Trey Lance's second pro day was today. Justin Fields had his earlier uh, last week. So these quarterbacks are pushing for it right now. 
Not really sure who's going to go third. People think it's Mac Jones, but there's a big question there. We're pretty clear on one and two, but the draft really starts at number three. So it's going to be very – And I am leaning – I think Mac Jones will be the third quarterback off the board. So that's just me personally. I think, you know, he's got, you know, just the body for it. So it's going to be interesting to see which way they go with it. Yep, absolutely. Behind the line. Let's talk pickups and bets this week. I posted my bet earlier, Max. I think you did as well. I I actually mixed for the first time a little MLB and NBA. I saw that. Are you sick? I was worried when you did that. You know, I just like looked at some of these lines, and so I'll get into it a little bit. Tampa Bay is playing the Royals on the road. Now, the Royals have played really well, but Tampa is coming off a three-game sweep of the Yankees, and they're getting a run and a half. So I like Tampa in that game. So give me the run and a half there. The Dodgers, 13-3, and three, are playing. Seattle, who's also playing well at the top of their division, but no one is like the Dodgers, minus one and a half. Give me the Dodgers, even with Cody Bellinger being banged up. I like his replacement, and I'll mention him later in the pickup section of this. But So give me the Dodgers, minus one and a half. I have the Wizards money line, the Phillies, oh, Phillies, sorry, the 76ers money line, got baseball in the heads, the 76ers money line. And the Heat minus eight, coming off that big win last night. They're playing the Rockets, who are atrocious. So give me the minus eight. So Tampa one and a half, Dodgers minus one and a half, Philly Wizards, money line, and the Heat minus eight. Very cool. Now I'm going to jump on a couple of your picks for baseball. We have very similar mindset here, but I'm going to do one better. Ooh. I'm not even taking the one and a half that the Rays are getting. Give me the money line for the Rays to beat the Royals. I'm very confident in that one. Yeah. I also have the Dodgers minus 1.5 over Seattle. Seattle has played well, like you said, but Dodgers are the Dodgers, you know, and I would pick Dustin May over Justice Sheffield in the pitching matchup. And then the other baseball one I wanted to add, San Diego, Milwaukee. I'm doing the under in that game. A lot of injuries Mm -hmm. on Milwaukee's side. Good, two good pitchers going tonight in Woodruff versus Musgrove. I yeah. think the line is eight or seven. I mean, give me that under all day. So those are my three baseball ones. Rays money line, Dodgers minus one and a half, and the over – I'm sorry, the under in San Diego, Milwaukee. Real quick, let me give you my hockey. Ottawa money line versus Calgary. Minnesota money line versus Arizona. The under in Edmonton, Montreal. And then the over in San Jose and Vegas. So, boom, you could combine them, mix them around, do whatever you want with them. Those are the games we're looking for. Yeah, I like it. Let's get into some pickups then. Hockey, of course, is winding down a bit, but people are in the playoffs, including myself. Congrats. We've got a first round bye. Very excited by that, Max. But I'm still looking out there on the wire. Who am I picking up out there for the playoff run? So, you might not need it. We were talking off the pod that your goalies are good to go. But I, want to start, I do want to start with one goalie in case you're looking for it. Dustin Torkovsky on the – I can't believe I'm saying this, but on Buffalo. Okay, wow, this goalie, on Buffalo. This goalie's first – so they changed coaches. They've been playing okay. I wouldn't say they're great, but they've played okay. But Buffalo's got a lot of goalie injuries. This Dustin has stepped in, has played five of the last six games, and he has won two of the last three games that he's played. If, you, if you're desperate, you need a goalie. Like you said, playoff time, he's not a bad one to go with. For some forwards, give me Craig Smith, right winger on Boston. 
four goals, seven assists, 11 points in his last two weeks. And he has nine, um, I'm sorry, nine games where he scored 12 points. So he's really on a good roll right now. And then the last one, Michael Bunting, who's on Arizona, left winger, 10 goals in, I'm sorry, 10 points in 10 games. And he, it's like, it's weird. He scores a point every other game. So he's on a weird streak where he's scoring in every other game. So, mm-hmm. hey, he's getting the job done. So looking at those now, basketball, we're getting close to the end there as well. Yeah, so I have two names to look at right now. First one's Reggie Jackson in those last five games, 17 points, 4.8 rebounds, 4.6 assists, and 2.6 threes a game. Solid point guard play there. And then I have Daniel Gafford. I've mentioned him before, but he's basically a double-double weight and a half. And his usage is still around in the 20s. You'd like it to be a little bit higher. And if he does get into that starting lineup, double-double weight and a half. He had eight points, eight rebounds one game, but he had four blocks. So if you're looking for that category, having some trouble at center, I really like this kid um, for the stretch run here. Okay. Now, as we have done recently, we are in baseball season. Josh, any pickups that you like him? So last week I did this. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to give you a hitter, a pitcher, and a reliever. So with Cody Bellinger out, I mentioned it earlier. Zach, um, I'm going to McKinnistry, McKinnistry, something like that, right? That's about right. 319, three home runs, but 13 RBIs. The Dodgers are 13-3. and three. I mean, the opportunities for this lineup to score is high. It's a great lineup. So I like him as a replacement with Cody Bellinger out. This one is a bit of a risk at the pitching standpoint. I have Alex Wood, though. He went five innings, got a win with four Ks uh, in his first start. He's an injury-prone guy, so he's risky. But if you get him while he's healthy, he's a, a good a good pitcher out there. The Giants are playing well, so there's opportunity for wins. He should get a couple of Ks, so I think he's a solid starting pitcher out there. And finally, Kendall Graveman, the reliever from Seattle, He's actually only owned in 40% of Yahoo leagues. Now, Seattle has had a couple closers mixed in, but he already has two saves. I would pick him up. I think he'll end up keep getting some save opportunities. 40% I think is too low. If you're looking for saves, I like Kendall Graveman. And Rafael Montero, who is considered the closer in Seattle, he has blown, I think, three saves already in this short season. So that right. leash, if he has one, is you know dwindling. Dwindling, yeah. All right, so let me give you some players as well. First one I'm going to start with is reliever as well. J.B. Berkowskis. He is just getting called up on Arizona. This kid is 24 years old, had a phenomenal spring. No walks to his 14 strikeouts during spring training. He did not give up any runs in his almost eight innings in spring training. He could potentially become the closer. So if you are strapped for saves, it may not happen right away. But just keep an eye on him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Besides that, I am going, I'm throwing the clock back. Joey Votto is on a roll to start this year. Okay. Six runs, three home runs, 10 RBIs. He has six RBIs in his last five games, three straight multi hit games. And he's on a six game hitting streak. This kid, Joey Votto, he's not even a kid anymore. This guy, Joey Votto, is, is, is hot right now. And if you need it, good source of power. He, I think they said he, Switched up his approach. He is not a not going for contact anymore. He is going for straight power. So the average may go down, but the power may go up. And then besides that, just three quick starting pitchers, Brett Anderson and Tony Sensatella on the Rockies and Luke Weaver. Three guys on a good start to start the year. 
they could be matchup dependent, but those three names just to keep in mind. I like it. That's the uh, that's the guys, man. I'm that's the pickup. I am, we are we are playing each other this week, by the way, in our Woo. big big league. I'm off to a very good. good start, I have to tell you. And Tim Anderson got me two saves already today. Tim Anderson. Yeah, is that not his name on White Sox? Two saves. Isn't he the shortstop? Did I say saves? I meant two steals. <laughs> I was like, wait, so confused. <laughs> I, I was like, no idea what I said, but yes. Yeah, two that steals. makes more sense. That makes more sense that he got steals. All right. Yes. So I'm on a good roll there. Well, we will keep everyone updated on our matchup, of course. Court is in session. Let's get into our discussion topics for this week. A couple of big questions out there that I have for you, Max. I'm going to stick with baseball to kind of start us off. Early in the season, but what is the biggest surprise for you thus far in the MLB season? So biggest surprise, and this is actually good. So I'm going to lump my question into your question as well, because I have a very, you know what they say about great minds thinking alike. Right. So besides surprises, I'm going to do, I'm going to give you the division leaders. Okay. Boston, Kansas City, Seattle, the Mets, Cincinnati, and the Dodgers. So just keep that in mind when you think about that. So my biggest surprise so far this season are the injuries. I cannot get over how many injuries they are to big star players. And we're not talking about just pitchers. You know, pitchers are very finicky. Last year was weird. But, you know, going into the offseason, people had to prepare for this longer season. They had to adjust how they trained. And I feel like people get hurt at an alarming rate. And I, you know, it's pretty concerning that that's happening. But you think it has anything to do with the. The spring training wasn't quite the same this year, right? I mean, with COVID, I feel like it was a little bit different. Is it? I mean, I think they had to maybe adjust how and when they worked out and, you know, things like that. But as far as like gameplay, it seemed like it was very, you know, normal. But maybe, I mean, I guess coming off a year that was so strange. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm pretty surprised. And it's just, it's, I mean, we're 15 games into the season. And there's tons of people on the DL already. Yeah, I would agree. You know, for me, I think when I look at the season thus far, I'm kind of surprised there's been a lot of home runs, but like usually it's like there's like this flurry of like analysis and backlash, like everyone's just hitting home runs and like, and I haven't looked at the exact numbers, but when I watch games, notice some good like pitching battles that are going on. There's some elite talent with the pitching. You mentioned Shane Bieber. I like Corbin Burns. And, you know, there's of course guys like DeGrom. But pitching has been really good to start the season. And, like, I've really liked watching some good hitting pitching matchups where it's not just like a big – there are guys that are smashing the ball. But it's – I'm liking these pitchers and these high strikeouts. They are blowing people by some of these elite pitchers, and they're just fun to watch. Well, it's surprising because a lot of people kind of see the opposite. People don't – people want runs. People want to see hits. You know, the chicks dig the long ball. They do. But, like, but if you're like a real baseball fan I and my, for me – I agree yeah. I love a good home run. It was like watching the Braves game last night. They had four home runs in the first inning. Yeah. But then the whole game's like you're deflated from the game. Like in a sense that the first inning's good, but now you're hoping the Cubs try to catch up. But when you're down like seven runs at the start of the first inning, it's very hard to do that. So right. a good pitching duel with some good old school baseball sometimes is a nice change of pace. And I feel like we've seen that 
in some of the matchups though, thus far. So I hear you. So going into my question, of those division leaders, I'll say them again. Boston, yep. Kansas City, Seattle, the Mets, the Reds, and the Dodgers. Who is the biggest surprise division leader so far? So what's interesting is like I feel like my gut would be to say the Royals, but we hyped up the Royals so much in we the did. in our previous podcast leading up to this. So I'm not as surprised there. For me, it's Boston. I feel like I would have expected the Yankees or Tampa to be on top. Tampa's 500. The Yankees are five games below 500. The Red Sox, you know, they have J.D. Martinez, but coming into this the year, <coughs> excuse me, there wasn't a lot of talk about the Red Sox. There were people thinking it's going to be another down in the year. Chris Sale is still hurt. He just didn't have a whole lot of faith in that team. They weren't sure about who their closer was going to be. You had Xander Bogart and Raphael Davers, but, like, not a lot. So I'm a little surprised that they're at the top based off the division that they're in. Obviously, people – Right, the Red Sox are a household name, but they've been down recently. So I'm a little surprised there. And the Mariners are a bit surprising, but their young talent is starting to play well. I don't think Seattle is going to last. I think the other teams have some more staying power that you've mentioned. I think the Reds mm-hmm. and the Mets are going to be in there. I think if the Red Sox keep this up and these guys are playing like this, I like the Red Sox veterans to help hold them together versus Seattle's. Like Seattle just has like Kyle Seeger and Mitch Hanniger. You have to rely on a lot of these young guys to kind of pull it off. And I'm not sure they'll be able to sustain it. Yeah, I agree. I think Seattle's my biggest surprise. I don't know if their uh, starting pitchers will hold up. You know, we talked about Justin Sheffield a little bit off to a rough start, but like you said, they're young. So, you know, they have some guys there, man. Ty France coming out of nowhere could be a huge breakout year. And Mitch Hanniger looks amazing right now. He had a really yeah. rough year, and he looks like he is on a roll. He had a rough year last year. Yeah. I think he's on a roll now. He, he's, he's another hot. one that scares me with his injuries. He's been banged up before. <clears throat> yeah, they're hot, and you will see if they keep it going. All right. Uh, so let me, let me hit you with one. I got a football question for you. So we okay. have the draft coming up, and obviously we are huge fantasy football guys. So of the top, I gave you five. Of the top five quarterbacks that will – potentially be drafted in the first, you know, maybe some creep into the second round um, or third even. Can any of the top QBs be a top 10 fantasy quarterback next year? So you got Lawrence, Wilson, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Do you think any of them can get into the top 10? And if not, who do you think will be the closest? Yeah, that's fair. So I would say a couple things. Number one, all five of those guys, I will predict, will not only go, in the first round, but they'll go in the top 15. I'm really confident wow. in that. I think they'll go in the top 15. I think you'll see three off the board in the first three picks. Then we'll see what happens after that. But I would say feel pretty good about the top five or th- those five going in the first 15 picks. It's tough. You know, I want to say it's possible, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. Here, here's a couple reasons why. Number one, I think Mac Jones, Trey Lance and Justin Fields will get drafted to teams that have a quarterback. So even in the Niners example, right? Whoever goes there, they basically said Jimmy Garoppolo is our starter right now. That's the plan for next season. This, this person coming in is going to back him up. If one of these guys goes to Atlanta at four, Matt Ryan is definitely the starter next year without question. Yep. The other possibilities, right? The Patriots have been talked about as a team that could take a QB. They're going to start with Cam and see where it goes. This, whoever this kid is would have to be, be able to beat out Cam Newton. I'm not confident in that. Do 
Do I think one of these guys could step in for Cam maybe during the season? It's possible. But that offense isn't centered around the idea that one of these guys is going to just kill it. You know, there's a lot of other players that are going to factor in, especially from the run game, if that's what they're heading towards with Cam. So not confident there. Trey Lance would have the best chance. Or Trevor Lawrence, sorry, would have okay. the best chance. Do I have yeah. to say, sorry. Um, because I think he's going to start out of the gate. Even Zach Wilson, I'm, I don't know. I'm like not confident with him yet. I want to see what the Jets do and how they manage that. But I would say Trevor Lawrence would be the guy that I would look for to kind of get close, though I don't think he makes it into the top 10. But I think it is very close. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you with – you know, Lawrence and Wilson, they would definitely be the two guys because they have the path right now to start. But obviously with that, I'm worried about obviously development and I'm worried about the team. You know, do the Jaguars have enough where Trevor Lawrence can be a top 10? I'm not sure. I don't know if the Jets, and I can say this, you know, I if if he's not starting for them on week one, I don't know what the, the deal is. I really have no idea what they're doing. But I, again, don't know if the Jets have enough to make him a top 10 QB. The others, like you said, we'll see what happens. Injuries could happen. You know, we'll see. But, yeah, that's uh, interesting going into it. Maybe in two years we'll have that debate again. Yeah. So I'm going to keep it in the NFL for this next one. Vegas came out with the win totals uh, last week. I have a couple that I want to review with you, but before I give you the three, I, I want to get your thoughts on over under any of the win totals really surprise you that you saw. Uh, so, you know, uh, give me, give me some examples. Let's do that over under. All right. So remember it's a 17 game mm, season. That's going to be that's that's gonna come That is going to come handy. So one of the ones that I was surprised by was the Packers at 11 wins. What, what are your thoughts? Over, under. The Packers went 13-3 and three last year. So I'm a little surprised that Vegas only gave them 11. They're basically coming back to the same team. So what that, are your thoughts? That is true. I, I Can I say push? Because you got to think, sure. you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's great, but he's now a year older. Okay. Like you said, they, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, they're all back. You know, so I feel like, like you said, the same team. You know, I think but, it's. But you think they're going to lose more games, though? I mean. Push, push yeah. and make them. Yeah, they would, they would have two left. Yeah, right. Oh, that's tough, man. I think that's a really actually, good win total, though, I got to tell you. I feel like if you're betting out there, I would feel okay taking the over here with the Packers. Okay. 13-3, and three, you have the extra game there. So even if they just win the 13 games they had last year and get four losses, 13-4 and four and four. Four. doable. So I think it's doable for sure. I would, I would take the over if you're, you're looking okay. to bet something there. The next one I had for you, New England at nine. They were seven and nine last season, so there's a lot of confidence that not only are they going to finish over – um, you know, they're going to pick up two wins and finish over 500 is what Vegas is saying. So do you think what the Patriots have done is enough to get them over or under the nine-win mark? Listen, I want to go under, but Bill Belichick can do some crazy things. But I'm going to be honest, we're looking at this right now. I'm kind of on both sides. I know I'm being, you know, weird by picking both, but I don't like Cam Newton. I do not think he's an NFL quarterback anymore. He showed he was not very good last year. But then – the Patriots were the team that was most affected by guys sitting out. 
Yeah. Okay. So if all those people come back, better line, better D line as well. Oh man, I really think if Cam's starting, give me the under. If something happens okay. and if they go in a different way, you know, let's see what happens. But I want to go under here. So I'm going to go over actually. So I think it's a 10 win team. It's a 10 and seven record is what I see happening here. They could be right at nine. So you could maybe go with the push here, but they were seven and nine with all the things they went through last season. They get all the players back that sat out. They upgraded the defense and they clearly upgraded the offense. Um, they're a great draft team for the most part, except for receivers. They've struggled with you know the receivers recently, but they know how to draft the other players. I can see this team finishing over 500. It's going to be tight, but it's doable even with Cam. But I also think whoever comes in the start will get them into more of a consistent flow and keep the game close. And the defense is pretty good. They were seven and nine. So yeah, give me. I, I'm also going to take the over here. Okay. Last one I got for you is my Dallas Cowboys at nine and a half. Ooh, so don't I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll jump in here real fast, right? Six and ten last season. They basically should have lost another game. They, for some reason, Atlanta doesn't know how to cover an onside kick. But that was with Dak Prescott early in the season. Now Vegas, basically the Cowboys haven't done a whole lot. They re-signed Dak, and they're hoping for a good draft. Gives the Cowboys three and a half more games. So you're looking at almost that fourth game giving them 10 wins and seven losses. So do you think the Cowboys could get to 10 wins next season? I'm going to say yes. Wow. Basically, basically what Vegas is saying is Dak Prescott is worth three and a half wins. But there's so much more into that. This team is so much better. Okay. Listen, I know you're a Cowboys fan and you see it right front and center. But Dak there takes all the pressure back off of Zeke Elliott. So Zeke can hopefully have a good, a better season. So mm-hmm. with that in mind, receivers can have a better game. I know the defense is definitely a question, but I do think with Dak there, even if the defense is bad, you've seen it. Dak can go out and score 45 points for that offense. Yeah, it, it's doable. I think it's nine and eight. I think they're just under. Okay. My concern with them is still the defense. Everyone's like, well, the O-line's healthy. The O-line never stays healthy. So that's a concern right. I have with, Tyrone Smith and Leal Collins. It's possible, but the other teams in the division, except the Eagles, I like the football team and what they did this offseason. Curtis Samuel, Ryan Fitzpatrick on the offensive side, I think these are huge upgrades. They have all their picks. The Giants, they got Kenny Galladay. That's going to be interesting. How are the Cowboys going to stop someone like Galladay? Saquon Barkley's back as well. Right. So the division, I think, got a little bit better. And the Cowboys signed one safety in the secondary to work to try to help the team. And now they're going to rely on all rookies, basically to solidify the defense makes me very nervous. I think Dan Quinn is a good defensive coordinator, but they don't have enough talent. I'm going nine and eight for the Cowboys. Okay. this season. All right. All right. So give me your uh, last question. All right. So this is kind of a big one. So as we're heading to the end of the whole draft and start thinking about college players, okay. what is your take on should college athletes be paid? Okay, and if no, should there then be a option for college kids or sorry, for basically high school kids coming out to either go to some type of paid league they could go to or could they go right to the pros? So a little bit of a three-parter right. there, but what are your takes? No, they can't go to the pros. No, there's not going to be another league for college kids. And no, they should not be paid. But 
with all the money that college football makes off of these players, there has to be some, what's, I'm trying to think of the word, some way to do it, but not say you're getting paid this amount of money. Like there's gotta be other ways to reimburse these players for doing things like this. You know, I know it sounds silly, you know, I, I so, don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, but I don't think college players should be getting paid. But I think the money that college college makes and TV deals and all these things and the video games, because I think the video game's coming back this year or it's it been is. there or something like 2022 that. 2022 is coming back. Yep. Right. So, like, I think with all the money that they bring in, they need to get some type of reimbursement for it. I, I don't know if it should be considered they're getting paid, you know? Yeah, I think that's fair. I would say should you get paid for your likeness in the sense of like what you're talking about, like Jersey sales and like those things with your name in the back, I think you should be getting some of that. I think that is like your, your name is selling, not just the team name. I think what gets dicey is then you have to post, put up together a situation for all athletes, right. For all sports. And so what's the, the, the school supposed to do if, no one knows who's on the men's or women's volleyball team. Those jerseys aren't selling, but now they're trying to produce them because the athlete then wants, you know, if the NFL or the college football players jerseys out there, why isn't mine? Right. So there's got to be some equal things. And I think it makes it very tough. I think the route that it should go is that there should be some type of amateur league. Someone was smart to try to put it together that you either go to college and know that you're not going to get paid, that you're a student athlete. You can learn and get trained. Your college tuition for the most, for a lot of these people is free, right. right? At the bigger, bigger levels, right? The D1 level. And, or you can start doing what some of the NBA players are starting to do. They either head overseas or there is some type of like amateur D league, G league thing that you can do prior to going to the NBA and get paid a little. So I think that is the route I'd like to see things go. If that's really the case, I think college athletes should stay student athletes and there should just be an alternative option. One doesn't but exist. Now, but now is that an alternative option, meaning there's no education for them? Like, they're just saying, I'm not going to college. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. You yes. know, as a teacher, that's hard for me to hear because you got to remember, even the best athletes retire around their 30s or 40s. That's a lot yeah. of life left. And if you have no higher education, that's tough to uh, – you know, I don't, I don't disagree with that, but I think a lot of athletes would tell you that they don't want it. Right. I, I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't want it. If I can be a pro athlete, I'm forget about school. Right. And there's a huge risk with that. So it's, but th- that's the thing. I think that's where the balance should come. There's a benefit to being in school and getting taught and having education and you're playing football at the same time. So you kind of get a combination of both, right? So we're playing a sport, bring up football because that's truly the money maker. Well, basketball, basketball. especially during March Madness. But, yes. but that's the thing, though. Those are two of the – I mean, I can't name a single, you know, college best, uh, hockey player. Right. Like, it's – you know, those are the two sports that are bringing in. Like, yes, hockey correct. is very popular in other colleges, but they don't come anywhere near what the school makes for basketball or football. Yeah, correct. And, I, you know, for the – on the women's side, it's just oh, basketball. That's, an, they they, yeah, that's another thing. They only have they only have really one sport where people know the athletes. So, it's – yeah, I think it's a very challenging. It's an ongoing debate for sure. The NCAA is kind of going through its own process right now with the government and things like that. So we'll see what ends up happening here for sure. It's, it's going to be interesting. That's a really good question. 
But that's like one of those age-old questions, man. We've been asking. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. Throw, throw, throw something at you there. All right. I'm going to give you a sports question. Ready? I'm ready. What makes a sport a sport? And I'm going to let me let me give it to you. Yeah, what makes a sport a sport? And here is the definition of a sport. An activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or other for entertainment so wow. that, that is the actual googled question on what a sport is yeah i don't it's a tough question i think that would make like something like like professional wrestling a sport though in the well, way see, you just described so, it so i have a, a list of sports and i want you to tell me if you agree or disagree all right go ahead fire away what do you got poker no. on espn they literally televise poker on ESPN. I don't think it's a – I mean, what physical activity that's, are you – That's what I'm saying. I agree. If that's the case, I play poker. Does that make me a semi-athlete? No, no. So, that, you know, so that's one. What about bowling? Another thing that's broadcasted on ESPN. Well, just because it's broadcasting on ESPN doesn't make it a sport, though, either. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um Bowling, I say yes. There's a physical physical element to it. All right. NASCAR. Definitely yes. Okay. You're sitting, in, you're sitting in a car and driving, but yes, I, I do agree with you. There's, But it's not like just sitting in a normal car and driving. There's like a physical exhaustion your body gets put in due to the high speeds and the temperatures inside the car. So there's a different element there. All right. Golf. Yes. Okay. I kind of agree with that one. Fish. Yeah. You're on the pro bass tour. I feel like fishing's more of an activity for me. It's not like it's like a hobby. Like a yeah, like it's cool and like yeah, I don't know. Like I people just, do it for a living, you know. It's that, like it, but like this, it, this is what I'm telling you, man. This is the this is the debate that comes up. No, I know. I would say yeah. I'm gonna say no. No to fishing. Okay. Cheerleading. Yes. Okay. I think that's another one. It's not easy to be a cheerleader, and I think there's a physical element to that that, that is quite difficult. So, yes, I'm okay with cheerleading. Right. Yeah. I only got three more. Competitive eating. Oh, I mean, as someone that likes to eat, I want to say yes, but no, it's not a sport. <laughs> wow. We're going to have to see if we can get Joey Cheslin on the show and see how he – I mean, <laughs> he would be annoyed with me, but it's – I don't know. I just – I don't like it's unnecessary <laughs> is the truth, you know? Um, all right. Competitive gaming, like you're talking about, like Madden tournaments and all those things. No, okay, no, that's and, gaming. And then last one, you brought it up: entertainment wrestling. What do you think? Sport? No sport. I, I go sport. The physical toll. People like what I always can't stand is like, oh, everyone's like that's fake. Yes, the outcomes are predetermined. When you jump off a ladder that's 20 feet in the air, and those are in 20 feet in the air, something. Yeah, the double ladder. And you fall. What well, I don't care what kind of cushion or padding is there. If you do something wrong, death is a possibility. <laughs> like so, there's a risk factor there. There's physical aspect to it. Yes, I'm going into sport. So when the Undertaker threw mankind over the, I think it was the Hell in the Cell. Yeah, that was like legit, man. I can't. I just it's crazy some of these things that people go through, and all the people that are like, you know, wrestling's fake, right? Yeah, I know. But it's still pretty amazing what some of these guys can do. 
or like speaking of mankind, so the the guy's name is Mick Foley for right. all those who don't know, right? Of he had many characters out there. One of them was Cactus Jack. And when I'll never forget the Royal Rumble in 2000, he fought Triple H. Thumbtacks and nails that are like off on, on their bodies, that's not fake. No, those, those, are, like, those are real things. Those are, those are real. And like, you know, I don't know about the rest of you, but I don't want 30 thumbtacks in my back. Like, they're bleeding and it's real. Like, that part is real. They, it's set up, yes, but that part is real. So that's an ending question for our debate topics. Like it. The top 10. All right, we're back to jerseys in the top 10. We're going NHL this week. It is your sport, Max. Big top 10. This was hard for me. I'm not going to lie. This is purely, for me at least, I think there's one pick I put in here that it's like out of respect for the team. But basically, this is just what I like. I mean, if there's and, no... and again, I keep telling you, man, don't make it too hard, man. This is your opinion, top 10. Yeah. So give me your 10 through 6, Max. Start us off. All right. What, what do you got? So number 10 is a little bit of a surprise, but I'm going with the Nashville Predators. I like, Ooh. you know, it's, it's different because the yellow main, the main color is yellow. And I love their logo, man. That saber tooth, you know, the fossilized saber tooth is awesome. So that's number okay. 10. Number nine, a little more traditional, the Red Wings. They've been around for years, and their jersey really has not changed. A great logo, the history involved with it, you know, that wheel with the wing on it, phenomenal for Detroit. Number eight, Canadians. And the only reason I really picked this one is because of colors. I like the red, white, and blue, obviously. Huge fan of it. You know, hint, hint, what's coming up soon. Um, yeah, but the CH, you know, that logo that they have is just great. I like the meaning of it. You know, the H in the middle stands for Habs or whatever the habit tone or whatever it's called. I just like that. Yeah. Number seven, going with the Hurricanes, because I really, really like when teams mix some red, white and blue, uh, black. OK, that's a good color combination to me. They have some alternate jerseys that are absolutely awesome. They have one, their black jersey is just a flag. It's like a hurricane warning flag. I think it's really cool. And then the number six are the uh, Maple Leafs. White and blue, it just looks crisp and clean. The Maple Leaf that they have right in the middle, it's just great. I I love the Maple Leafs logo. So there's my 10 through 6. All right, Josh. You're looking at it. What are you doing for your 10 through 6? Well, first I'm going – Definitely playing to my childhood here a little bit. I'm going the Ducks. Give me Anaheim. I know they're not the, uh, you know, the mighty mighty anymore. They're not so mighty anymore, but I like the Ducks. Give me the Ducks there. Number nine, I'm going with the Bruins. I kind of like the Bruins jersey. Something about it just stands out to me that I really enjoy. Um, St. Louis Blues at number eight. I have the Maple Leafs at seven, and I have the Red Wings at six. I think they're – for me, when I looked at some of this, it's like something about like some of the traditions of these teams and like yeah. Detroit kind of speaks the volumes to me in that way. I just think it's a classic one. And you'll that's basically my theme towards the end and maybe a little bit of bias when it comes to uh, who the top one is for me. But I would say overall, um, you know, I kind of went with like tradition and, and what I like for teams. So that kind of rounds out my my group there. See, now here's the issue that I have with your list already. Okay. The Ducks logo now from when they were when we were kids is extremely different. 
I know. So that's now I went we're with talking throwback logos. That's a great one, but I was looking well, more current when we were doing it. I kind of combined. I just went with like all that's aspects fair. of the jersey. I like said to myself, okay, what can I do here? And that's kind of the route I went. That's fair. I guess that's fair. It is a great one. I mean, awesome, awesome jersey. So let me give you my five through one. Number five, I'm going with the Penguins. And I'm doing this because of the city of Pittsburgh in general. The black and yellow is throughout for the Steelers and for the um, Penguins. And if you can put a Penguin on your jersey and make him, like, look like he's mean and angry and have a hockey stick, that's great. That's awesome. Yes. Number four, new team, Golden Knights. Okay. I love their helmet jersey, you know, with those – the way they show, like, those hidden things in the logo. I I think it's awesome. And the colors – gold and they, they have you know these teams that are new they have all these weird name colors and stuff like that but i think the knights have a great great jersey number three i'm going with my rangers it is patriotic as hell the red white and blue i mean their nickname is based off their jersey the broadway blue shirts i mean, that's, that's amazing and i could not put them one because i didn't want to hear you know all the crap from people about it so that's why they're number three number two i'm going with the blackhawks their logo is phenomenal. The Indian chief head has literally not really changed throughout their time. They maybe change colors around and looks of it, but the main idea of it has always stayed the same. They have one logo, you know, we're talking about old school back in the day jerseys. They have a logo where their jersey is black and with the Indian chief's head on it is beautiful. And number one, save the best for last. The Minnesota wild logo is phenomenal. Okay. <laughs> If you look this logo up, there's so many hidden things in it. Now, if you look at it closely, it's a bear or it's an animal head, but there's so many other things in it. The north, the eye is a star. The mouth is a river. Like, there's so much that goes into that logo. It's phenomenal. And then I like the dark blue and red, uh, the dark green and red. I think it's great. Yeah. So there's another yeah. one. You know what? I first pulled that up. It is better than I realized. I think Which in my one? head when you first the Minnesota Wild one. I don't have it on my list, but it, it's. It's better than I realized. So this, the thing so, is, yeah. like, again, people don't realize it until you look at it and understand it. There's so many hidden components of that logo that it's great. Yeah. All right. I like it. So for me, went a little different route. We have a couple similarities, though. So number five, I went with the uh, Winnipeg Jets. I don't know if I was swayed more by like the playoffs and the Jets, but like. Just seeing their jerseys as, like, fans, as, like, a sea of, like, this blue and white that they kind of rep had, just something about it. It's simple, but I like it. There's not, like – I just kind of enjoyed looking at their jerseys this past season, and so I put them five. Number four, I went with the Vegas Knights as well. I'm all about Vegas. Huge Ranger fan, of course, but – Part of my birthday gifts that I got for some people, I got some Vegas night clothes. I was totally okay with it just because I think it looked great. Yep. So give me the Vegas night there. Number three, I went with the Canadians. I, Ooh. you know what? So I went traditional here a little bit here. I had Canadians mixed in. Um, Blackhawks is two at number uh, as well. And then I went with the blue shirts, number one. I'm biased it. here. I, get it. I think you could have done it. I, yeah, there's something about the Rangers jerseys. It's just it is patriotic. Got the Broadway element to it. It looked good. Even I love the old like the Statue of Liberty ones at the on it. Like, just nothing wrong with it. The Penguins, I almost put on a list too. I do like 
there was a throwback jersey the Penguins I was looking at where it's blue. Yep, the they used blue. it for the um, um, Winter Classic. The Winter Classic, thank you. Really like those jerseys. That almost made the list. Sorry for all you Islander fans out there, but no, Again, that, they don't belong. If the logo the was the Fisherman's logo, you got a definite argument in there. But no, their current logo right now with the hockey stick. It's boring. It's it's, it's yeah. ridiculous. I did have the Jets as my honorable honorable mention. I do like the logo. I love the circle with again all these logos have meanings to it. Like it yeah. points north because Winnipeg is true north of Canadian of Canada. So it's like got cool meaning to it. And then my only other honorable mention was the Avalanche. It's just a cool logo. Mm-hmm. I like the like burgundy, you know, maroon color, whatever you want to call it. Just a nice sweet logo there. What are your thoughts about? Um, Seattle's going to have a hockey team. I think I think it starts what next season. If yeah, I'm not mistaken, they start next season. The Kraken. Um, there's been some posts to some of their jerseys. I don't love like the big Kraken S thing. That's like not. I know there's like the hidden like you know they got the tentacle in there or whatever. So I will say just before you say anything else, the S. They're doing kind of a throwback to the history. They, Seattle used to have a team way back when, and their yeah. logo was just a simple S. And I think in the S had the word Seattle written out. So I think that's okay. what they're doing. I do agree with you. They could have done something way better. Yeah, there's some posts look, I was looking at where they have like a big Kraken on the jersey or hoodies, and things like that. Yeah. I don't think that's like – that may be like a special jersey that they end up doing. Or there's been some posts of like one with the anchor in it. Yeah, I like the That anchor. could be kind of cool with the S. Yeah, that I like. The- but if it's just a plain S, I get the, the respect or homage to the past um, – but yeah, just by itself it was look kind of. But those, if it. I'm remembering the jerseys, it's again the color schemes are cool with a navy blue and yeah. a light blue, and then a little bit of red. I, I do yeah, agree that with you I though. Like. If they did the anchor with like some tentacles grabbing the anchor and kind of pulling it down, would it be really yep. cool? Or maybe just like the head sticking out of the water. I don't know if you could put that in the jersey, but I do think Seattle could have done some cool things. And they saw opportunities too, of, of course. course. So. Yeah, there's with a day of age where everybody wants new things. They always will come out with an alternative, you know, jersey, you know, here and there. So it's definitely a possibility to do it. Yeah. Well, we'll keep getting these top ten jerseys going. Next week we're gonna do the NFL as we do a big kind of NFL show as we get ready for the draft. Max, any fun facts for us today? Or sorry, a trivia question? No fun trivia, facts. No but there will be one that revolves around the football draft next week. Ooh, I'm very excited for the draft. Going to have to be, you know, glued to the TV that weekend. So sure. the draft starts on Tuesday? I'm sorry, on Thursday? Thursday? Thursday through Saturday. Yeah, okay, so that, again, they're doing the usual first round and then second and Saturday or whatever it is. Rounds two and, I think it's rounds two and three on Friday and then four through seven on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds good. A lot of different coverage. I will so. say, I was looking at it, I actually have a crazy idea – because of the way the draft is working, if the Jets can somehow get back into the top 10 and maybe try to get that offensive lineman, what's his name, Sewell? Yeah. What a move if they have Zach Wilson and then that kid. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to do it. I don't know if it's possible, but the Jets have a ton of picks and they could definitely take advantage. I'd love to see him try to get into the top, you know, 15 even to see if they can get something for it. And we haven't discussed this much yet for next week, but. We should talk about if we want to allow for some type of trade. Obviously, we'll flip a coin to see who goes first. We'll basically be picking for every other team. Of course. But if we want to allow 
a trade involved. We'll have to play that out. Mm-hmm. So we'll let everybody know the rules as we get into it for next week. Of course, week. of course. Well, thank you for listening out there. Our picks are also posted on Twitter, so check that out. We will see you next week with a big, big draft preview. Yep. And then tell your friends about our pod. We want to get this to a thousand people that listen to this podcast. All right. Yes, tell that would be. Amazing. I think a hundred people, but yeah, let's, well, let's aim big, man. Let's aim big. So, <laughs> you know what they say: aim small, miss small. I want the big one. I like it. I like it. All right, folks. We will see you next week. All right, guys.